Hello and welcome back to another episode of the In Around Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will, and joining me this week, like every week, is the Mosley Marauder, Mr. David Carmichael Harris. Hi, Will. How are you, Dave? You okay? I'm okay, thanks, Will. How are you? Good, good. I saw a I saw a TikTok that made me think of you the other day, oh, Dave. Um, two two girls had crashed into they crashed their Fiat 500 into a. Uh, into a lab post. That's that was the part that first made me think of you. But then the guy leans down the window and he says to the girls, "You can't park there." Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <It's a classic>. <laughs> <sighs> and also joining Dave, the Walcott Warbler, the Welbeck Warrior, Mr. Podross. Good evening. No worrying means about Welbeck though. To be fair. No. What's really like? There's been some bad football takes out there, but Rory Jennings saying Welbeck should go to the World Cup is uh, is up there. But um, where do you stand on the Welbeck World Cup campaign? Look, I might be Danny Welbeck's biggest fan, but even I'm not not advocating for him to go to the World Cup. Excellent. I I, I just loved how Rory Jennings said it with his chest. He's like, "You should be on the plane." I was like, "Yeah, to like Cancun." <laughs> and. Joining us this week, he's recovered, ladies and gentlemen. He's come back from Barcelona. He's fought off the the deep snake bites to his eyes, and he is here. He is here. It's Joel Linton's biggest fan, the end up super fan. I can't remember his usual intro because it's been so long, but here he is. It's Mike. Yeah, I'm back. Hello, everyone. Good stuff. Good the stuff. eyes have recovered. They have. Which is incredible because they were snatched out by a python. So that's quite, it's quite something. <laughs> the wonders Sorry. of modern science. Yeah. Well, the wonders. Fair play to Spain. That's all I'm going to say. Um, we were such good luck for Barcelona, weren't we? Since we went there, they've lost two on the bounce. <laughs> I wonder if they've got any levers to pull to make them um, play better. Well, they need to pull some levers in their stadium because that is a shed. <laughs> shed seven, that is what it is. Um, Could have done with better weather, eh, when we visited. Fucking hell. Tell you what, it always rains when you're in hell, doesn't it? Anyway, let's move on. Um, so, just a raft of football this weekend. Um, lots of football. Not many big games, though. Um, so, I don't really know where to start, boys. Because, obviously, there was Pep versus Klopp. City versus Liverpool. Oil money versus socialism, I guess. I'm going to say corporate capitalism anyway. So instead, let's talk about Bournemouth. Because I, for one, cannot believe that since Bournemouth lost 9-0, lost 9-0 to Liverpool, they're unbeaten in the league. They're the only team unbeaten in the league since then. Um, Bournemouth are in the top 10. Yep. Yep. Has this happened literally after we consigned them to... The worst Premier League performance of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're really good at this. <laughs> Sounds about right, doesn't it? So, um, the reason I want to bring him up is we all had them 20th. Um, and since they've got rid of Scott Parker and brought in Gary O'Neill, great name, um, they seem to have stabilised and are playing really well. Scott Parker, fraud. I mean, all Gary O'Neill was really good. I mean, something's ticking over there, isn't it? I mean, they've they've looked decent. Um, Seems to be bringing out the best of the players. 
Um, you know, there's they definitely have a poor squad for the Premier League. So for them to be this competitive, fair play to him. I don't know if Parker was that bad or O'Neill was really good, but either way, it's worked out well for them so far. They're, they still haven't given him the job. Like, have they not? They? It's, I think so. It's because they've learned from Sunderland with Ricky Spragia, where he was caretaker and he won like all but one. <laughs> it was like 2009 or 2010. I'm so glad someone else said who, because I was sat there like, right. oh, I have no idea. And he That's horrendous. As soon as they, but they have the what, what league was Southampton in? It was no Sunderland in 08-09. Sunderland. They were not in the prep. You, sorry, give me that guy's name again. Ricky Spragia. He sounds like he should be on a club night with the Jersey Shore lot. I'm not having where, that. Where else did he manage? Uh, Man U reserves 02-205. and off, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you stink, Dave. Honestly. Mate, he was, he was caretaker manager and he was doing great. And they gave him an 18-month contract and he literally got sacked like a few months later. So Will, just, can you just... do the... Can you do the first podcast thing or a bit of a... What do you want, sorry? You know what Dave said about himself, how he introduced himself. Oh, he, he just proved it there. He's a bit of a statistician, isn't he? Good <laughs> Lord. I just, like, Dave, how can you have so much football knowledge and stats in your brain, yet be so stupid all the time <laughs> when it comes to talking about football? How can you be the same person who knows about what he, I don't know, Lucy Spragan or whatever his name was? <laughs> uh, and yet at the same time, be the same person who was like, you know what, Bournemouth will get Brighton will get better if they attack less, <laughs> defend more. Like, what? How can you be the same person? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't a good take. No, no. On Bournemouth, I think uh, <laughs> it is worth pointing out that Scott Parker played Villa, who he beat, and then they lost to Man City away, Arsenal, and Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. What's he supposed yeah, to play? Since, since then, they've played Wolves, which was nil-nil. Shock. They beat Forest. I, I don't know what's happening at Forest. Then drew with Newcastle away, which is quite a good result, but Newcastle love a draw. Um, drew with Brentford. Again, pretty good result. Beat Leicester and then drew with Fulham. It's, not a, it's a bit of an easier run of fixtures, in fairness. They've probably got more points than they'd have hoped for out of that, though, to be fair. I mean, that is a good, that is a good run of four. I'll give them that. And and to come, they've got their next two. They've got Southampton at home, and then they go to West Ham, and then they've got Spurs. So that does start me on Spurs. I don't want to talk about Spurs. But... They are nailed on to to lose to Southampton, by the way. Well, yeah, we. I mean, we have just totally consigned them to like a four 0 home defeat to Southampton, but. That wouldn't be entirely out of Southampton's character either, because they're just... You have no idea who's turning up with Southampton each week. Just no idea. So, yeah, I think there's something in the fixtures. There's probably something in the the fact that Parker didn't think any of them were good enough at this level. <laughs> and now they've got a guy who at least wants to give it a go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's yeah. I think there's a, bit of, a little bit of a lot of things going on. Yeah, fair enough. I I, did, I just wanted to talk, I just wanted to quickly give him a bit of a bit of love because given that we're every given that everyone and I mean almost even in within the club seem to think they were going down, they've come back fine. I do just want to say like Dom Solanke, like obviously 
played extremely well in the championship. But when you consider what happened to him in that he scored all these goals for the youth team for Chelsea, he was part of the same squad as like Mount and that lot. And then he went to then he got it wrong and he went to Liverpool for game time and it never really kicked on there. Went to Bournemouth, absolute abject failure that first couple of seasons. And then he went down the level, scored a load of goals, and now he's bossing the Premier League again. It just feels like a nice story. Um, well done to him, you know? It's impressive what he's done. And even Jaden Anthony scoring goals, who I've got to say, I didn't think was up to anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just think we're so, I think we're so quick to like do so, sort of say everyone's shit and sort of sign him off that we don't actually circle back round. And there is some real, real, uh, I guess, timing here because we're about to absolutely slate Darwin Nunes. Uh, <laughs> but let's just get that out of the way first. Um, Billing a good player. Billing is a good player. If you're watching Bournemouth, he's one to keep. You'll have already seen him, so there you go. Not Sorry. Filling that played for Huddersfield Town. It's the same man, but you wouldn't think so. Is it? Is it? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Dave, who what? was who what was a turnaround? Who was Huddersfield's manager in 0809? Oh mate, don't know that. Um. It would have been the league one though with Jordan Rhodes and uh Rudy Gasset, possibly. Paul Cook. That's that's my that's my pick. How old is Jordan Rose? Oh, he's like thirty three. Oh nine. Oh nine, I reckon it was Paul Joel. That's like my guess for every. It's <laughs> just <laughs> bull joke. Um, I don't know, but I'm gonna have a look. We've <laughs> uh, uh, stumbled across the big one. Anyway, Jordan Rhodes, 32. Oh, 32. God, he looked. Was definitely... he at Huddersfield in 0809? Don't know, but he's there now. Just that season. He was not there in 0809. He can't have been. Uh, yeah. Lee Clark was the manager for most of the season. Oh dear. Right, look, I'm moving us on here. Um, just. Do you guys want to talk about Notts Forest? Because, Mike, where did you have him before the season? Uh, 50th, 40th, something oh, like that. I don't think 50th, mate. Hey, we, if they'd have stopped the signing players... Team. No, we haven't, but let, we're, let's get on to that. If they'd, have, if they'd have stopped signing players when I said they've made a few good no, signings... they would have had a chance. They at least might have had a chance. But... To be fair, loads more came in the door after we did that. Yeah. Have you seen, by the way, Jesse Lingard the other day did his initiation song 44 days after the transfer window were closed and he's yeah, still doing he's... initiation songs. They have How that many... He earned, earned over a million that time. Probably. He would have done, yeah. million TikTok dancers, to tell you that much. That's nice for him, isn't it? Over a mil. Now he has to... What did he sing? Uh, Vanessa Carlton, Thousand Miles, I believe. No, oh, it was said. Oh, I'm out. Thousand miles from looking good, Christ. Um, <laughs> where do, I don't even know where to begin with Forest. I mean, Mike, well, you weren't here last week. We briefly touched on it. I want your reaction to the Steve Cooper news. Well, I mean, I almost fell off, fell off a bridge <laughs> in Barcelona when I heard that. <laughs> I'm still waiting for them to, to. You know when they send you a notification on like Sky or BBC and then they have to send you the correction because they've actually got it wrong. I'm still waiting for this correction. Steve Cooper's been sacked because I just can't believe it. I guess it, I guess the thinking is they've realised they've actually got a good manager and they, they probably don't want to lose him to England when Southgate goes after the World Cup. Um, but no, I was stunned. And then, uh, yeah, as Ross rightly points out, they... 
<laughs> they've now sacked all the recruitment people who signed all 27 trillion players in the it summer. It's amazing what's gone on at Forest. Absolutely amazing the levels. In fairness, if you, if you didn't if you didn't sack them when they were signing Serge Aurier. <laughs> Six weeks late is a, it's a bit late in the day, isn't it? So it is, uh, it is wild just to let them carry on and on and on. Signing players and then to sack them. Just so, keep green lighting what they're doing, and then a couple of weeks later, actually, this wasn't a good idea. This. So what seems to have happened is they've <laughs> they got a new sporting director in, and he had a discussion with the owner. At which point, they sacked the head of recruitment and the head scout. And I think I don't. They're talking about sacking the um, uh, the chief executive too, and the head of operations retired after thirty years. And you'd be pleased to know the guy making these decisions is uh, a guy called Giraldi. Um, what club do we all think he w- worked for for almost a decade? Premier League club. They were. I know, I know who it is. It, okay, it's Watford. It's Watford. So um, yeah. That's the kind of sensible club with a lot of long-term decision-making that you really uh, think you want to kind of follow in the league, isn't it? In fairness, is the man behind Richarlison. The signing of Richarlison. They, they that's, brought out... not, that's not doing anything for me, Mike. Well, they must have made some money off that, surely. <laughs> Look, I'll say it now. When they list your three best signings and it's Richarlison, Abdullah Dekori and Etienne Capoue, you should have a job <laughs> in football. He was at Watford, though, let's be fair. Yeah, and look. I'd look. say his male Asar and Emmanuel Dennis, if he went there recently, are, are decent. Especially Sar, he's been there like four or five years now. Yeah, and he's never been good in the Premier League. That's a lie. Apart from that one game against Liverpool. No, he's never been good in the Premier League. Stop Liverpool not a lie. going invincible, Well, We should be celebrating this man. Didn't City beat him as well that year? Yeah, but they did it first. Yeah, they might be more confident. Who was um who was on the who was on the bench in that game for the reserves, Dave? Phil Foden, Lee Clark. Um, so Forest, it's it just is all going wrong for them. The rec- who would have thought that you buy a load of players and you can't get them to jail? Um, looking at the rest of the season, I assume that you're all panic stations for a relegation for them, yeah. Yeah, and let's yeah. stop with the stupid graphics when you couldn't buy a point in the Premier League. What was that about with the the playtime mocking them with the Wolves? I mean, we all... Oh, saw- yeah, that was woeful. That was woeful. Let's not be throwing shots at other teams when you sat down there on four points. What is that about? In their defence. <laughs> in their defence. If- wait, 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 oh. wait. In their defence, if there's a team in the league currently that you can mock and feel pretty confident they might not score a goal against you, it is Wolves. Yeah, and they still lost. <laughs> and that that is how shit they are. Yeah. Hey, you've got to take your shot, I suppose, if you're the social media, but it's a tough shot. Like, And I'm when all... it backfires, it's going to backfire like that. I'm yeah. all for clubs having fun, but when I saw that, I was like, this just, I, I, I looked and I was, I'm like, I looked at Sky Sports and I'm like, have they already lost? Because this feels like I've seen this on an unfortunate, the, uh, Dave's take about that was so whatever, good. Like pictures before unfortunate yeah, events. Un- unfortunate yeah, events. I just knew yeah. it was coming. Yeah. Um, yeah um, speaking of the England job, we all agreed that Southgate's probably going after the World Cup, yeah? We all agreed on that. We all think that's going to happen. 
I have seen it, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I've seen the lie. I know what people, I know what the media is winding up to do. Are you ready for this? The media is looking at English managers for England. It's not thinking about Steve Cooper. He's been tainted. It's thinking about who's going to look good in the PR shoot. Who's done a mediocre job at a top flight club that we could give the job to? And let me tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, Frank Lampard is your next England manager. They've already started. People are going, people are going, oh, you know, how good does, um, how good do Lampard's Everton look? We're literally two weeks away from someone in like the Sunday Times going, why not Lampard? Why not Lampard? And let me tell you right now, I'm all for it. I think it'd be a genius appointment. Not not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> It'd be fun. Like you're telling me, Wenger's got better odds than Lampard to get the England job. Look, the odds for the look, Lampard twenty to one. Here with the fa- the favourites for the favourite for the England job. Potter's never taken the England job. I don't understand how he's still top. Pochettino's not taking the England job as it stands. Eddie Howe isn't because he's too busy taking blood money. Wenger's not taking it. I mean, so you're looking at Cooper. Cooper might take it, but I don't know why they'd give that job to Cooper, given how it's going. And I don't... It's just... Could you imagine the uproar from the casuals when they say, yeah, Notts Forest are in 19th and we're going to give their manager the England job? God! Jesus! I was going to say, because the other... Gerard would be the other candidate, I guess, but... Villa are doing so poorly that well he might be out of work so he's a bit cheaper of a pickup. I don't think Lampard would be too bad. I'd Lampard's rather Lampard bet. than Gerard for what Lampard's it's worth. a better Lampard's a better manager than Gerard and he was a better 100%. Manager. Yeah. Um the thing is for for Lampard like he we know what his flaws are by now. He he can't really set up a midfield, but he pl- he tries when he's got the players, as you saw at Chelsea, to play good attacking football. And I guess at international level, where so much of it is about just getting performances out of your team and making them look as cohesive as possible, he might be an all right fit for that. He might be a better fit for that than he is a day-to-day job in England. I mean, I don't like it, but I don't know who England should hire. I don't know who would want that job, who's any good. There's no good candidates for it. I, I don't I don't know if Lampard's a, a great fit, but who cares? I think out of the people who would realistically go to England, I think Lampard's probably one of the better ones. But I'm not but I'm, his biggest fan. No, I don't know who, who realistically would take Look, it. I'm not advocating for Lampard to get it. What I'm saying is, it's coming. I know, that's what Lampard. I'm saying. Of, of the potential ones that might go there in reality, I don't think that's too bad. And to be fair, it's sort of gone a bit under the radar because Everton Everton are shit. But they are better than they have been for the last couple of years, aren't they? Realistically. Since Carlo was there, at least like... You don't see Everton fans really getting upset as as often as they used to. And they're not good, but at least they've stabilised and they seem to have some kind of connection with them. So... I can't... I'm about to mess up their season but I can't I don't think they'll be in the relegation scrap well actually this year <laughs> sorry Everton fans I was going to one the other day as well I do apologise about doing that but that's that's my opinion they probably shouldn't be though with that with their squad they've got no, more they're... quality than the teams who are going to be down there 
they're a lot more solid now. They haven't got a lot of quality though. No, but like I mean, you look at you look at what Villa have got and what Villa are working with compared to Everton though, and you're like, Jesus Christ, what's going on? Ah, Villa squad's overrated. It's shite. Well, they're missing. I think it is overrated. Yeah, I'd take it over Everton. So. Oh, at least you got a bit of grit up at Everton. You got nothing at Villa, absolutely nothing. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> look, look, mate, give me, give me Tarkowski <laughs> and Cody any day. That is hundred percent. Any day. Like, I'll work out the, the other night. Back? I mean, probably, probably, probably will not, be on the plane. Will he? Well, Southgate loves him, doesn't he? <laughs> we suck. If Southgate picks Biggs and Maguire. Uh, but he's just going I'm to. Not, no, no. I'm serious. I'm not watching to. England if Mings if Mings is there. I'm, just I'm not. not look, if if he picks Mings and Maguire, I'm I'm gonna go on ancestry.com and desperately try and find something. And like, if Carl Walker somehow somehow. <laughs> Kyle Walker's it. going. He's no, no. Going. But if him, Maguire, and Mings are anywhere near that, Carl Walker's not going to be fit. What are we doing here? No, but Walker's not going to be fit. That's that's what I'm saying. Walker's Walker's apparently going to be fit a couple of like he's going to be rehabbing. So basically, if you're going to take a fit, if you're going to take an unfit right back, it's which one are you taking? Because both of the the two injured ones are getting relatively close to fitness. But well, you've got to take James in that case because he's way better. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't take either of them if they're not fit. We've done this too many times. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. Yeah. And they're sitting there to the third group going, going, has Rooney's metatarsal? Anyone else remember that? That was fucking bleak. Yeah, but he yeah, was, but he Rooney was. Yeah, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. If that was Kane, we'd do the same fucking thing. Well, I think England would be better if they dropped Harry Kane, but that's 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 my hill I will die on. Um, who, who are you Ivan for up front, then? I don't care. I just want someone who can run. <laughs> my boy Ivan, get him oh, in well, there. Welbeck's got the legs. So. Give me literally anyone who can run over Harry Kane. I just think England better with that. Anyway, um, do we want to quickly touch on Villa? Nah, I did watch it, but. Uh... I watched it too, live. Uh, Villa were very good. Um, and they were very good by abandoning everything Gerard's tried to do since getting there. Which tells you everything about the quality of his coaching. He stinks. He stinks. They couldn't beat Knott's Forest. Is that Look, how they play? Uh, yeah. Where do, you oh, no. guys, where do you guys stand on this? Gerard, Sorry, before yes. the game, before the game, in a TV interview, said, he said, he said the truth. He said, Chelsea, are, Chelsea are, should be challenging for the Premier League and they should be challenging the Champions League and they're going to turn up and they're going to turn us over and they should turn us over basically and I'm listening, I saw that and I was like ob- objectively it's true but you don't say that do you? No and like for, for a guy who's supposedly this great player who's supposed to inspire other players. He's just possibly the least inspiring person I've ever seen. I, don't, I wouldn't want to play for him. Don't worry. The only time I'd want to play for him in the boot. Sorry. Is if you're like two one down at half time or and then I think he's got a bit of a team talk about him. But other than that well, he's had plenty of he's had plenty of fucking chances. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Clearly not going in. But Oh, Villa suck, man. He stakes, absolutely stakes. Well, Chelsea were awful in that game, I thought. Yeah, they were. And they won. I mean, well, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you got thrown the game. Yeah. Is anyone, are we talking about match fixing? Because this is. <laughs> that Ming's <laughs> on. Like, look, 
if we're going to talk about this at the weekend, it, like, genuinely, if you wanted to make the case there was match fixing in the league, I think this was the weekend to do it. Because that Tyro Biggs header was egregious. Oh, but, my word. And then, and then, <laughs> then Martin, people were like, the Chelsea journalists were like, when I came out the ground, I'm looking at Twitter, they're going, Mamps really solved him on the movement on that free kick. I was like, well, as he fucking was right down the middle. What? Yeah, Martinez stinker. Kepa's the best goal in the world. I, I'm just living in an ultimate universe. No, have you seen the uh, Have you seen the uh, the Arsenal game? Because the Arsenal goal comes from one of the most inexplicable crossfield balls I think I've ever seen from Rodrigo, which was so bad he got hooked at half time. Yeah, what it, is he doing? He, he does have that in him, Rodrigo. Yeah, but I watched because um, I saw, when I saw the Arsenal game, I was sort of like. I sort of like you know this you know the concept of uh, it's good if you can win when you're playing you play badly, but playing badly as in sort of like just containing and breaking smartly. Both Chelsea and Arsenal this weekend were just fucking atrocious and got away with it solely based on luck and clinical play. Like that is it, and it was the rest of it was awful. Which brings me on to. When you watch that, when you watch that happen to some of the teams, and you watch sort of like how patchy Spurs have been this season, despite getting the results. When you watched Liverpool, Man City, I don't know about the rest of you. I still felt that table aside, this felt like a this felt like a game between two teams of a different level of sort of play. That's how I felt about it. I felt that, but then. But I only felt that because Liverpool are further down and they're struggling. And everyone thinks, well, City are the best team in the league, aren't they? But when the game started, it felt like we were back to yeah. being scrapping for the top of the league. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's still, it's still probably the biggest game in the league, I would say. I just think when I watched it, uh, you sit there and you're like, well, these two are clearly the best. These two are... And it's really hard to say that with the league table being what it is, but it's just to me like they were doing things at a different level to the other teams do stuff. And I was sort of going, how on earth is this the same Liverpool team that played Arsenal last weekend? Like, it was bizarre. I just couldn't get my head around. It's because when Nunez plays down through the middle, they're just not as good. Like genuinely, like he was playing against Rangers when it was like one one. He comes off, Salah comes on. Seven one. Yeah. yeah. And then like all, all their play is better play this season pretty much recently has been when Salah's been on and playing a bit more central. Not when Nunes has been playing. But gets the best out of Salah that does. We were talking about that last week. It was interesting against Rangers where and I know he's playing a pub team. Um he comes on, he plays close to goal and he scores the quickest Champions League hat-trick going. So it does kind of like spin back to the tactics kind of thing. Um, this game, like, how personally do you think Van Dijk had taken it? Because <laughs> I've not seen Van Dijk like that in a while. It's nice to have him back like that, to be honest. It's been a while. He's, he's looked a bit, def- a lot off, actually. His usual self. So it's nice to see him back. Much much more interested to watch him defend when he's like this. Yeah. Did you, I mean, 
Haaland has felt like an unstoppable monster for most of the season. And he had his moments yesterday, but it was interesting to watch Van Dyke sort of turn up and just be like, well, I am I am the guy. Like, if you want to try and score a goal, you've got to get past me. It was just interesting to watch. Joe Gomez was really good. Yeah, he was. Gomez was really good. On the plane? Uh, it's hard to plane. say after what he's been like as a whole. I mean, recently. he's had Gomez has had some atrocious performances this season. James uh, Milner, though. If you're asking me Gomez or Mings, let's take Gomez. Oh, as yeah, well. I'd take Mike over Mings, I think, at centre-half. Great. I'd take myself over Mings at centre-half, actually, while we're at it. <laughs> you got any left peg about you, Ross? That's the only reason he keeps getting picked. <laughs> Look, I could clear a ball pretty handily with the left, I feel. <laughs> That's all you need. I'm not really precision about it. I'll be the ball playing right centre-back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try and bring us back to the normal side. What did you guys make of City lining up slightly differently, kind of going a bit three at the back? What did you make of that? It's really pep, wasn't it? So <laughs> really, really big game, pep. I'm surprised it wasn't a Champions League final. Yeah. I'm not, because City wouldn't have been there. Um, so, like, let's, in terms of how it it may it kind of work for them because you would get the sense that Cancelo in theory would be a good wing back. But I thought yesterday, defensively aside, I thought going forward, he was quite poor too. So I just sort of, it's kind of it just felt a bit weird. And I was kind of wondering, is there anyone that you kind of looked at and you thought to yourself, this system's really not getting the best out of you? Cancelo was the man I'd picked out as well. In fairness, he looks, he seems to look a lot better in a four as the right of the four. I don't really know why that is, but... It doesn't make much sense, given his strength is going forward, not... It does seem strange, way. doesn't it? But he didn't have a good game. Um, up against Jota, obviously his mistake for the goal. I mean... Catastrophic. Just awful defending. <laughs> he, he's the last man versus Salah, and there's just no reason to try and win that. Just face him up and you've got... You've got at least two, like a picture of your friends coming back to help you. It is interesting that sort of for all the, it, the similarities between Cancelo and Trent really are there, aren't they? Because like they are two like otherworldly going forward players, like they're incredible going forward. But Cancelo, I mean, I think back to the Real Madrid game last year where he made a, he made a mistake, and I think it was Vinicius who scored at a pivotal point of the game, and you just. And he did it again yesterday. And you sort of like, he sort of escapes this criticism, whereas I think Trent sort of magnifies it in a way. So it's just interesting to watch. Um, uh, Trent's English, so that's going to... True. But Trent true. did go a while also not being killed like this for his defending. because his offensive production's fallen off a bit, hasn't it? Start of this season. True. true. Oh, I'd rather have Cancelo for what it's worth, but... Same. Mm. I yeah, yeah, I think I probably would too. I wouldn't, but fair enough. Um, what did you make of Phone's performance? James Milner just had his number, didn't he? Thirty-seven-year-old James Milner. This is not a good day for the Foden uh, fans. Great day for the Foden skeptics who think you shouldn't <laughs> start for England. Let me tell you. You would have to be one of those, would you, uh, Will? Oh, 100%. <laughs> Sacker over Foden and I wouldn't even think about it. 
Yeah, but like, well, obviously on I'm the biased. on on the plane question mark, Phil Foden. <laughs> He's pretty high up that plane, I'd say. All <laughs> oh, right, yeah, yeah. Hopefully strapped to the side of it. Um, so I I didn't really like phone. I thought phone's performance was. I thought he actually jokes aside. He was like emblematic of how disjointed were City as a whole. I thought they didn't really know how to attack, um, which was sort of incredible for a team that spent his whole career just sort of like being great at attacking. But it just felt like they didn't move the ball forward quickly enough. And I know that Pep can, a Pep occasionally at his team's worst can be quite side to sidey. But what they've been really good at this season is moving the ball forward into the central midfield as to create that supply line for Haaland and it just wasn't there yesterday and what what I'm sort of driving at is do you think Pep has a kind of mental block when it comes to Anfield Dave because obviously he's he's sort of like um his record at Anfield and against Klopp in general is pretty poor yeah I think it's definitely a game that well classic Pep just experimenting but I think he definitely I think he tries too hard to try and be different to what Liverpool are expecting. Um, I mean, given what he tried yesterday, it must be on his mind, the record that he has at Anfield and trying to sort of do something different that will unlock Liverpool and and get them a win over them. I mean, it's got to be playing on his mind. I mean, what he did yesterday, given how well they've been, in re- how good they've been in recent games, um, <laughs> definitely seemed like he was overthinking it and how they were going to get the best in Liverpool. That's what I found it looked like anyway. I don't know why... I I don't know why he tinkers with things which are just working. I don't know. That's what I understand. Things are going well, Pep. We must change it. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't need to justify that he's good to anyone at this point. Like, he's proven himself. He doesn't have to... It's like, oh, I'll do something think, out, out the ball, out the part like this, and then it'll work, and then everyone will think, oh, what a what a masterclass from Pep. But it just he's past the point where he needs to do things like that. Yeah, I mean, he's still a bold fraud, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I think Klopp's a little bit got his number. I think yeah, he's I agree. pretty tetchy around Klopp. He just makes these weird decisions what? What? when he plays I, Liverpool. He does thought... do it in the Champions League too, but. I thought it was it was fascinating that I think because so when you watch Liverpool we're used to seeing Liverpool go four three three but yesterday it was really four four two and they kind of played Harvey Elliott and Jota out wide who neither of which are particularly quick rapid they're not like a Diaz or a Mane that are really going to cause you trouble down the sides but watching Pep's kind of like defence the way it was set up it was so narrow I couldn't get over it they they had so much space and they just Liverpool weren't really set up to take advantage of it, but a team that was probably a bit had a bit more width about it could have really caused them some hurt yesterday. And it was just it was surprising to watch them play like that and not put it together. Just quickly though, Dave, um, what did you make of Harvey Elliott's performance? I know you're a big fan. Uh, I don't know. I thought he was okay. I don't know. Uh, Harvey Elliott's a strange one because. He used to be a winger, and now obviously they're turning him into a centre mid. So some games he looks really mature, um, quite composed. 
has a massive impact. But then there's other games that seem to get beyond him. I think he was fine yesterday. Um, I don't know. It, I'm still trying to work out what they're actually looking for from Harvey Elliott, to be honest. What they really see his role as being. Because the way they've been when he's played this season, it feels like they're asking different things of him in the field. Sometimes they want him a bit further forward. Yeah. want him almost like box to box. Because... It's strange, really, to work out what they're doing with him because there's definitely I, a good player in there, but I don't know wh- where they're looking to really put him long term. Well, that's why I wanted to mention him because yesterday when they shunted him out on the right and they had him kind of like in a, it was it was probably I mean this this is one for the non-Foden skeptics. You could tell that they were trying to shut off that left channel, which is not really where you would see City's most dangerous stuff, but um, and playing sort of like Elliot slightly in front sort of helped with that, and it helped that help clog it up a bit but I just Liverpool's midfield this season has been baffling to me the way they keep trying different things and I thought yesterday that as well as it went and I do think Firmino and Salah um, is Firmino and Salah if Klopp doesn't want if Klopp's going to keep dicking around with Nunes he's got to find a way to get Firmino working it playing the ball into Salah because they those two just come across so great don't they so Kicking around with green uh, with uh, with a uh, Nunes, fuck it, because Nunes is like. I can't even say his name. Is that last week? Last week came on this pod and we said that Nunes was really good against Arsenal, and he was. But his decision making in this game, I, I couldn't believe it. And the best thing about it was listening to Ross Bird after the game get really angry about Nunes's uh, decision making. So I let him take it away. Oh, there's nothing I hate more. That's why I hate players like Richarlison so much that will just shoot no matter what what's going on. Like that was the most egregiously run three on one break I think I've ever seen. Uh, it, there was two people he could have passed to, and he's tried to shoot and he's and he's completely messed it up. It was like, like I'd even have felt bad if he'd shot and scored there. I'd still have felt really bad about it. Like oh my life. I, uh, I just sold him. Get him on the first. <laughs> a real howler. If it... I actually would, I would have pulled him immediately if I was Klopp. Like he'd just come on, but I'd have just brought... do the Emmanuel Abue to him. Yeah, but he would have played. I don't know, four or five minutes or something. Oh, yeah, that would have been even more impactful. When that happened, I'm thinking City are going to win this now. Oh, I just thought that's the sort of thing that happens in a game that you're looking at after thinking. Oh, my life, what has he done? It's just, I just, Liverpool's recruitment, they haven't done enough of it as we covered last week, but it's been so smart and they needed to buy someone because they couldn't come into the season with four four attackers. It's just not sustainable given the amount of games they want to play. But profile-wise, he just feels like such the wrong thing, such a bad fit. Yeah, it's such a bad fit. You can see about how much better they are when Firmino's in too. Instead yeah, of him. It, stick with me on this. Do you remember when United bought Berbatov? Yeah. And Berbatov was a phenomenal player. Great touch. Awful fit for Ferguson's United. Because he just did Still didn't... hammered him in, though. You know, he still oh, hammered them in. Matter. He was oozing with class. Yeah, mate. He was. He was. Oh, he was but... still dripping off him. He was. He was, but he lasted the season because he was an awful fit. And you sort of like... Did after one year? Like, 
I can't. Two no, seasons. Way, he made two enough memories. Let me tell you. Yeah, but it was again. It was just that bad fit and that long term kind of. They hadn't thought about it. I'm that thinking way. more Benteke at Liverpool. I know I mentioned this last. I think it was last week. It's just and Lukaku at Chelsea. It's the same. Ah, uh, Lukaku at Chelsea is probably the better one. Although, let me tell you. I'd... Lukaku, Lukaku anywhere, it's not working. I, I was greeted today by Lukaku doing a Calvin Klein advert on uh, The Guardian or something. When he was like, on the side, it was like Lukaku and his Calvin Kleins. And he, I mean, he could have been fully dressed and had a thrown up. That guy is just <laughs> honestly like action fraud, need to have a word. He is shocking. Well, I think you uh, needed him to be playing better at Inter, because it looks like he's going to be coming back to Chelsea if he keeps uh, well, look, thinking after the gap at Graham Potter. Grand Potter will have him scored 50 goals a season, won't he? No, no, I don't think he will. Um, Graham will. Five wins for Grand Potter. Six, maybe, actually. What? He just looks... What a good-looking man he is, by the way. What have you a, seen him? Have you what seen him a turnaround. That is hilarious, him talking about having his hair cut by someone who cuts the player's hair. Yeah, like, oh, crack me up so much. At the end, he just goes, well, it costs more than I thought it would. Grand <laughs> 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 Potter. Oh man! Oh mate, it's some glow up. I love Grand Potter because my favorite, my favorite thing that Grand Potter does is he's he's used all these Chelsea journalists who are used to get the quote out of the manager because they've had like the radio with all these people. They just ask Potter a question. Sometimes he's just like, yeah, yeah, like that's yeah, it's like that, isn't it? <laughs> you just like, oh, okay, excellent. Love the Grand Potter. Yeah. Like, I can't believe I'm still pissed off. You stole him before England. That, honestly, that really annoyed me. Are you fucking serious? I'll you, never forgive you. Get, you get you get Potter every week or Grand Potter every like three months. I know which one I'd rather have. Yeah, but imagine but how, it's, how, it's how more special things. it would be. Like Chelsea have improved and England have much <laughs> now. That's the problem. <laughs> He's still got a lot of problems he needs to figure out. At Chelsea number one, Jorginho. Like, what's going on there? My no, favourite thing. Father. My favourite thing. Loftus about... Cheek, mate. He's getting on the plane too. Look, mate, he is hashtag on the plane. He has been unbelievable the last couple of weeks. And I thought he was done. I think I said so on here. So. Um, well, okay. I mean, that is literally how you turn someone's career around. You just said they're done on here. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's literally true. the blueprint. So if anyone wants us to turn around said, the career of their favourite player who's not playing well. I think I said Kepa was done on here too on multiple occasions, but that took like two years to work. We probably brought this Liverpool win around as well, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, probably have, yeah. Almost certainly you three last week. <laughs> they've scored, since we talked about them on the pod, they've scored eight goals. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we talk about Salafine? Yeah, we did. Nunes, Nunes for Golden Boot. Maybe if everyone else breaks both legs. The only way Nunes is getting a golden play if there's like, like some severe match fixing scandal. He's got to play Tyra Miggs one on one for four games. Yeah, then he get the golden boot. Well, I mean, he doesn't have to get round too much, but he'd have to still put it in the net. Oh, given some of his finishing, I'm not even sure. He unless could it, but they unless we're talking about Tyra Mings with goalie gloves on, which I would love to see. I'd like to see Tyro Mings um, with the job centre clipboard while he's filling out an application. That's what I'd like to see. Uh, he's sort of drifted again on this uh, podcast. Quick thoughts on Benzema winning the blonde or the obvious thing? Yeah. Yeah, well done, Benzema. Yeah, he had to win it, I think, didn't he? Does anyone care about the blonde or? 
Not massively. I don't know why. I just don't feel like it's that. Just doesn't feel that big this year for some reason. Has it ever felt big? I feel like I it's used to want to know. between Messi and Ronaldo for sure. It is weird how that award just is feels a bit meaningless. I don't know. Right, it's given out by the French, in fairness. Ah, uh, that must be it. <laughs> okay. uh, I don't really know what to do with that. Like, I'm just a little bit cynical podcast. Um, we haven't got any French listers, have we? Michael, so what, you we actually, well, if we Michael, <laughs> Michael, what are your thoughts of Julian Laurence on the official Fantasy Premier League uh, uh, Twitter? He's doing a new thing for them. Oh, no. Well, if, if he's giving fantasy football advice, just don't listen to him. I've got I've got a guy with an algorithm who can sort you out a lot better than that. <laughs> yeah. At some point, we will do a podcast on fantasy football etiquette because the way some of the you people are going on about fantasy football, it, it, you need shooting, honestly. I'm not sure a pod with... The four of us on is the one to do talking about <laughs> fantasy football. Like, oh, but if anyone wants the code for our league to see how good we are at fantasy football, in and around FBA. people. But the thing is, what I don't understand about. Fantasy, I need some points. All right. I see people every week, and they're just like, they're like, oh, I'm not shifting from Saka to Salah till game week twelve because then he's got a nice. I'm just like, fuck off, you loser. Like, it's exactly the same way I feel about people who, like, cheer in a corner when they bet, like, 1p on, like, a 5 fold. Just who gives a fuck? Like, who gives a fuck, you losers? Well, that's a little bit different because there's some money on that. Nah, you're all losers. <laughs> Rome wasn't built any day well. Yeah, and it won't get fucking built. Anyway. Anyone else got anything they want to talk about? Yeah, I wanted to go to Mike about... Um... The over/under on his goals as Man City's uh, number one striking option. Because he wasn't oh, here I'm last the number week. one striker. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I'm saying if if say zero. Get, imagine Haaland doesn't exist, right? And you're just playing. All you Harland. think I can't score against Tyrone Mings and Co? <laughs> Have a day off. Yeah, he honestly thinks you, you're never going to score. I more don't think anyone. I don't know. Oh, well. I think I can get to two or three. That's what I, I, I put the over under at, uh, was it three? I can't remember. All I have to do is stay on side and they're going to square a couple to me. That, yeah, exactly. That's what I've been saying. That's what I've been saying. If, if I just cut my toenails before I play, I'll be fine. <laughs> Eventually, you'll have so one, which is just a tapping. Not a yes. Yeah, in like 60 games. Yeah. Not Mate, a I'll chance. be training with them. Yeah, but you're I'll not going to be get flying. Oh, oh, yeah, flying. honestly. No chance. Like I said Will could score one. Yeah, that is the biggest line. I've backed myself to score one. I'll miss a couple of open goals, but I've got one away. If you ask, if you ask me, you're certainly not scoring. <laughs> Mate, that's like, not if you not ask me, if you ask me, could, you fizz, could I fizz a ball down the line better than Cancelo could? Quite possibly, let me tell you. That's what he's got in the locker. I reckon it's he not... can defend as well as Cancelo, to be fair. I'll back you there. I'm not sure. Uh, I think we'd realise how good Cancelo is if I was trying uh, to... I would say to see Salah going up against Will. I really <laughs> would. Because, <laughs> no, you know, you just have to get in his head. I'd just be like, I'm like Salah, I saw Shrewsbury away. You just have to get in his head. That's all you need to be. He's just, he's just, I'm just walking behind him going, add to the Eden, add to the Eden. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, okay. That's some strong history reference. Yeah. Honestly, I'm telling you right now. One we'll, yeah, for the. No, we've got a strong history uh, following after the Euro pods. Uh, <laughs> good point. <laughs> well, are you doing that again for the World Cup? 
Who knows, Dave? Quite possibly. Although um, Turkey dark horses. So if you <laughs> have a bit of a gamble. Obviously, I would like to say that they ran a dark horses and um, uh, they're looking really good and please release my family. <laughs> I can't believe. I can't, I'm just going to talk about this. I cannot believe. I still can't believe they put the US, England and Iran in the same group. <laughs> Could you imagine how frosty those boxes are going to be in Qatar? So, yeah, so they can, they can give a World Cup to Qatar by some voting thing, but they can't. They can't keep us away from each other in the in the draw. Come on, we're, we're definitely <laughs> slipping up against one one of them. So at least I'm not worried about the football. Welsh. I'm worried about I'm worried about Joe Biden turning to the Ayatollah and saying the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> like you get me there before we get which I'm predicting fireworks are not the good kind, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh leave it in. Honestly, good lord. Yeah, I mean, how do you think history will look back on um, this period of football where uh, we've had a World Cup in Russia and Qatar and state sponsored clubs are winning everything? How do you think history will look back on it? Well, fondly, I'd have thought. Lastly, before we go, did you all see Klopp's comments? Yes. What did you think, A, of the comments and B, of the reaction to the comments? Singh is probably the most outspoken manager in the league. He's just a bit of a wazzock, isn't he? He's just a crybaby. All the time. Not, not What's he upset at now? Yeah, which exactly are these? I've seen the, a few different things. The ones where he said, uh, he said we can't compete with City. No, we can't uh, compete yeah. with City. Uh, Newcastle, I saw them saying that they've got limitless potential. They... Good for them, but other clubs have caps. Basically, he was essentially he was essentially mm-hmm. pointing out that state-sponsored clubs have an easy ride of it. He's so in Pep's head; it's unreal. <laughs> he hurts. I, and then of course, the fans of said clubs went on Twitter and started talking about net spend, which is a hilarious concept. When oh, you're uh, what a snooze fest! <laughs> <laughs> net spend. The, the idea, the idea of like Man City talking about net spend when they're literally backed by fields of oil is hilarious. By the way, it's like it's like yeah, you've got your net spend, but who gives a fuck? Because the only reason you net you can even spend that high is because you've got great lawyers. Like, yeah, I, I thought it was pathetic the way people reacted to Klopp saying what we all know. So it's true. He probably used it as mind games. Absolutely, fans of, yeah. the fans of the clubs. Didn't like it. Shock. Yeah. Oh, but it's worked because it's really running people up. So. It certainly had worked. Card comments. Oh, so. no. I mean, up there. Klopp is... Oh, no. He's obviously saying what everyone knows, isn't he, when it comes yeah. to the ownership. And like, I, I, yeah. In the room. What did he say about the red card? Because that seemed totally just no, to me. Yeah, all he said was that he, he lost his... He lost his temper and he shouldn't have, but he said he didn't understand how that hadn't been given. I don't... I mean, that's well, what I'd have been sent off to. I, I don't know how. I don't understand how that. I don't understand how City's goal wasn't given, given the way the referee ref the game. So yeah, it's no, two yeah. and a half a dozen no, of the yeah. other. Klopp is Wazak of the Week, and he's Wazak of the Week for screaming at the ref, getting sent off in the same week that most of the youth youth clubs in Merseyside called off their games as a way of trying to get refs to respect them. And he's, like it or not, he's the biggest football figure in Liverpool. And he is. And he shouldn't. 
he shouldn't have to be held to this standard, but he is held to this standard because he's in the position he's in. And that set a really bad example. I thought was pathetic. Yeah, would he have been aware pathetic. of that? He would have been aware of that. He should even been. even so, even if he's not aware of at it at the moment. Even know. if he's not aware of it, <laughs> Ross is throwing punches in the technical area. Look, if you were in that situation then, uh, and you've just seen that not given, and the linesman is yeah, just on it's top a of red card. I do. I do. I'd have been shouting at the linesman. Yeah, he's trying to chin him. It's awful. It is awful. Like, Mike, I've seen you on the football pitch. You'd have been screaming at the line out there. Uh, you haven't seen anything like that on the football pitch from me. <laughs> Look, referees. Nothing say... of the sort, Ross. Not quite that aggressive, mate. <laughs> if it had been Mike, it, it would have been, been the loudest. Any chance you've ever seen? I have said a few things, but they were polite, of course. Yeah. I, I, I just think. <laughs> I, I think. The referees are awful in the league. They're absolutely awful. That said, you can't do that as a Premier League manager. That's just pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. You can say what you want. I think you should be able to say what you want afterwards, but it's pathetic to act like that. Anyone who does that is pathetic. Anyway, let's get out of here. Um, oh, unless you want to do start of the week, Dave. I mean. uh, you sort of stole the Bournemouth one, but I had another one. Find out. So, oh, is there an intro? Is there not? I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's dive start of the world. So, obviously, about Man City's lineup. When Jack Grealish has started, they've won every single game, and he, dr- he drops him for one of the biggest games of the season. So basically, they haven't dropped any points with Grealish. But the real start that I wanted to get onto it's a shame Mike's gone. Is Man U's 0-0 draw with uh, Newcastle was their 31st since Ferguson retired. And they've only had 76 goalless draws in the whole time in the Premier League. And they've had the most goalless draws of any team in the competition since 2013-14, which is pretty crazy for Man United. I mean, you'd expect that would be with a team maybe like, I don't know, someone like Everton... Just trying to think of longevity of teams in the league, but yeah, thirty-one nil-nil draws since twenty thirteen fourteen. It's pretty Pick, mad. That's actually a really good stat from you, Dave. That is superb. And you should have just gone with the second one because the first one is a ridiculous <laughs> stat. Like the Grealish isn't. Yeah, no, well, I know. I've got another one for you. Trevor Chaloba has never lost a game he started for Chelsea, and like. Useless stat because he's not played well in most of them, but he's never lost the game. So there you are. I do like Trey. Well, that's not that stat that went around with Mustafi, wasn't it? Yeah, like, like... it was one of them. Oh, stats are useless after time. Yeah. Um, Mike has gone, ladies and gentlemen. So we are going to wrap up the pocket. He's just he's as he said, I'm disappearing to abuse some refs. Um, so we're going to move on. Uh, Dave, if the people want to follow you for more great stats and more hashtag content, where can they do that? Uh, it's at Dave Harris underscore 44. That underscore, don't forget it. Uh, Ross, if the people want to follow you to find out more about why Welbeck is uh, a Welbeck, <laughs> where can they do that? Uh, at Ross underscore bird 14. Uh, don't forget to tweet Cafe Rouge with the Ross <laughs> Rouge. Um, you can follow me at Wilhelm17, but please don't. Please instead follow us at In and Around Pod on all the socials, including TikTok. Um, you can send us any questions you've got in around to in and around pod at gmail.com and somebody will answer them. It won't be Dave though, he doesn't know the password. Um we will be yeah, back. Somewhere, you know. Yeah, it's probably something like 
It's probably something like Bulo's Bulo Snooze or something. Um, <laughs> we'll be back next week to probably um, talk more football. I think Chelsea are playing Man United, so me and Mike might be on speaking terms or not. We weren't the last time they took, they took to the field. Um, but until then... Uh... Sayonara. <laughs>